How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. where we married our two favorite pastimes, the Denver Broncos and beer. I am your host, JT Matthews. You can find me at JT Matthews 01. That's zero. Is that right? It, that sounds so weird. JT Matthews 01 on Twitter. I don't know why I forgot my handle all of a sudden. I'm here also with host uh, and Dr. Nicholas Manning uh, at DR underscore in Manning. That's it. Why am I, why am I struggling with handles today? Someone help me yeah, out here. Because you had a weekend off. Yeah. DR on the spray and Manning. And super producer and co-host Jonathan Cronenberg. You can find him on Twitter at John K NFL. How we doing, boys? How we doing today? Man, I don't know why I struggled with the Twitter handles today. I, I, was, I was in my head. <laughs> That's because you, you, we... you had a little, you had a little time away, and sometimes you get rusty. That's true. That's true. I, I did have I didn't record with you guys last week just due to work and and then a little mini vacay, so maybe I'm just off of my game. How uh, was the mini vacay, though? Let us know. Come on, it was Can good. You? It was good. Yeah, yeah, yes. It wasn't too uh, no, not too many illicit activities, so we're okay. Um, no, just went to the mountains with some buddies and drank beer and played some board games and video games and just all around had a very low stress weekend. Watched some some college or not some college some playoff basketball. And enjoyed it. It needed a refresh. I got my refresh, so I'm feeling good today. Uh, except for my intros to podcasts. I got to work on that, apparently. Yeah, I mean, you know what? I, I know that you'll come back from it. I have no doubt. We'll come back. We'll make the best of it. But we got some good content, so we're just going to dive right in. This is, uh, I don't remember. Have we called it this before? The My Guys segment of yep. Uh, yep. our episode of the podcast? We have. <laughs> We're doing the My Guys episode, which means... Again, the third annual My Guys. Again, uh, which means for those of you who haven't listened before, we each have five guys that we really like in this draft. Um, We have more than five, but we have listed five um, that we're going to break down and and say why we like them. You know, I think a lot of them are in uh, pick range for the Broncos, maybe all of them. So uh, we'll be maybe make our pitch for the Broncos to take them. And uh, we'll see if any of them hit when the season rolls around or in the next few years. That's always the fun part is just like making your predictions and seeing how close you got or didn't get. Um, I think I've done pretty well for the most part, except for Blake Bortles. That was my one, my one huge miss, you know, which is a pretty big miss. Blake Bortles. <laughs> yeah. He went third overall for a reason. Right. No, right. he didn't. I mean, for a reason. Some for, reason, the yeah, Jaguars. Reason. That's fair. That's fair. For a reason. Fair. You're correct. John nailed it. 
All right. John's going to kick us off. So, John, why don't you throw us one of your uh, guys? Who I want to start with is an FSU uh, transfer, actually. Um, it's Corey Durden. Uh, he goes to NC State uh, currently. And uh, he he's someone I see as an undrafted free agent uh, priority kind of guy. He uh, unfortunately has dealt with injuries at NC State basically the last two years. Um, you know, last year, I think he at uh, the spring game, he hurt his elbow and uh, had to basically miss the entire year, which was pretty devastating. But I still think he is a guy that you could hopefully get onto your practice squad. Again, being someone who's an undrafted free agent, I don't think he's going to be in high, high demand. Um, and, you know, I, I think he's someone who is a penetrator. And, you know, I think in a 4-3, he obviously is more of a three technique. And in a 3-4 with the Broncos, he could be your nose tackle. You develop. He's more of a pass rush kind of guy where then you you still have DJ Jones and Mike Purcell. You can decide who you want to be your priority run stopper. Um, and then he can come in as a rotational guy to kind of, again, get those penetration inside to help those edge rushers be able to kind of converge on the quarterback leading to more sacks so that's what i see with durden um again uh, not a guy that i expect to really be drafted and again his injuries could be where some teams take him off the board completely and aren't interested in him as an undrafted free agent with other names out there but i think in a weak class at uh interior defensive line at least in my personal opinion i think he's someone you go and, and take a shot on in your 90-man roster at least you know bring him in for to for a look and then if it doesn't work out cut cut and run easy I don't like anyone that defects from Florida State. So <laughs> I was giving you I was giving you some grief earlier, but you didn't hear. I he's had a ton of experience across the the defensive front. He's a five tech at uh at FSU. I think he played the true nose too, right? At at uh North Carolina yeah. State. Gained some weight. It was like 280, 85, maybe at Florida State, and then got up to like 310, I think 315. If he can carry that, carry 310 to 320. Um He's really good against the ROM. Uh, has a couple moves, good bull rush, like a really nasty bull rush. Um, but it would be one, you know, the depth at the nose tackle position for the Broncos specifically is uh, is bare. So you get him in the late round, I think, to complement some of the guys I'm going to talk about here in a minute. I think that that would be a good get. I, I like it. I would have liked for him to stay at Florida State. But, um, you know, he uh, he's allowed to do what he wants to do. Allowed to do what he wants hey. to do. I mean, compared to what I'm seeing right now, uh, just real quick in college football, I think we're all seeing it. Uh, a lot of Colorado guys are, are leaving because of this new 15-day uh, transfer period. A lot of guys are leaving their school, mm-hmm. so it's it's really a different different world in the transfer community, at least. For sure. For yeah, sure. you know what? Go get the bag. And if you're a grad, he's a grad transfer. You know what? You want to yeah. go do something else, right. go somewhere else and all that stuff? I'm, I, I will never get mad at kids moving anymore with all of the stuff that coaches can do and all that crap for go sure go do what you gotta do so um and just acc to acc i just you know i would have rather it not be uh, right. against my team but uh i like him I he, see. he's a he's a pretty good prospect i'm i'm in favor of kind of a late to like a mid day three so give me around six on i think he's a guy that can come in and surprise for sure <laughs> yeah i like that that's interesting i think like doc said and uh, the defensive tackle class or or not well class like you said john is is a little bit there 
So it's it's a good year to take a flyer on someone, I think, from that perspective. If you can get them undrafted, there's a guy with experience. I think the guys you like to, at least that I like to take uh, some risks on, are those guys that have had injury troubles but have high potential uh, late late round, and I think he fits that perfectly. So um, get some rotational guys in that on that defensive line. I'm I'm definitely down. Uh, good pick. I'm just going to jump in since we're talking about the defensive line. We'll this it. is the era. You know, if you got these two players, you'd essentially have like JJ Watt. Um, my, my guy, Kobe oh, yeah. Wooden, uh, D lineman out of Auburn. I was telling, uh, JT earlier, if you want a poor man, Straymont Jones, this is your dude. Uh, not really stout against the run because he prioritizes sacks. Stop me if you've heard this before. Uh, last year had six sacks for uh, for Auburn. Plays the part, looks the part. So, um, you know, he plays the game at about 270, 275. Coming out as a true junior, which is nice. Some developmental 6'4". Arm lengths are almost 34 inches. Hand size, good 10 and 3 eighths. Those are mitts. Um, really good athlete. I think his Raz was in the in the mid nines. So um, again, inconsistency. I think some of that you chalk up to revolving door of coaching there at Auburn. Um, and so consistency, pad level, hand placement, eh, um, has a good anchor when he drops it. And so I think learning some cues, offensive line cues about when to play the run uh, or being able to stop the run on the way to the quarterback, depending on who's coaching, I think would be huge, but he's a, a guy I would really like, uh, in third to fourth round, I think you could get him due to lack of consistency in production. Uh, he's a young guy, and I think he can be someone that you can get on the upswing. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know much about him, so I, I'm I'm gonna uh, defer to you, uh, John. You know much about him? Yeah, I mean, I agree with what Doc has basically said. Um, I, I I think you can hope even he can possibly fall to the fifth. Um, it's just. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of those things where depends where the Broncos want to take that interior defensive lineman. Uh, and I, th- I, I think just in my taste personally, um, if you're going to get one in the fourth round, I, I might rather have someone in the third and, and see who's available. But again, if you, again, if you're not getting one of those premier guys that we've gone over, I think in our mock draft and we spoke about a few times, I think this is a really good fit. As as you said, fourth round, that's a good fit. I like him. And like and, and like you said, if you compare him with someone undrafted free agent, all of a sudden you're getting, you know, a good rotational piece. This is where, where we're talking about getting depth yeah. and, and getting different guys where again, we we don't expect them to do everything in year one. Uh, but I expect more than Ajim has done in the past, let's say. Yeah. I, I would expect yeah. more than that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think you get more than that. I think there, there's. More I, I think I do agree. Yeah, definitely more production more there. That. Six sacks in the SEC is a true junior. Is is nothing to scoff at. And exactly, I think he played, think he played pretty well against some of the better talent. It, I would rather have someone that can come in day one and provide you with some really consistent play. I just don't think someone's going to be there when they pick, and especially if they trade back to get some more picks. So that's a player that I think can come in as an early rotational piece. Learn the game a little bit, you know, back end of year one, be someone that contributes more often. And then you know, you're looking at a starter year two, kind of like Malik Jackson. Malik was a real athletic, long player. Didn't really fill in to his role in the NFL till year three. 
And then uh, yeah. we saw what he did in Denver. Not so much direction for him, but uh, overall, really good player. Are we all in agreement that we want someone from the interior defensive line that can basically be a pass rush uh, yep. ability guy, penetrating ability kind of person, player? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think it's it's kind of essential with this group. You know, I don't think Purcell or uh, Jones are are going to do a ton. Maybe Jones uh, on uh, occasion will generate some pass rush, but I think mostly those are your your run stopping type of. Of guy and so you need someone who's going to bring pressure and losing Draymond uh you're gonna to have to replace that you know and I think they have a little bit in free agency but um you know I worry about the Broncos overall um depth and ability to get after the quarterback still so I think that you know they them specifically targeting guys that are more uh pass rush savvy than they are in the run game I think that's the that's the route I would go because I think you have a lot of guys who can stop the run right now, including your your linebackers. I mean, they're probably some of the better interior linebackers at doing that. And so if you're going to take a, a swing, I like kind of a more uh, sack-happy type of, of defensive lineman at the moment. So I would, I, I'd be on board. You said, what did you say, day five, or, uh, round five? I said he'd probably get round three to five. I think he's going to be in that mid mid-range. Um, depends, right? If there's a if there's a run, I think he's a guy that will get drafted a little bit earlier. If the if the second tier of of defensive lineman uh, gets pushed back, maybe there's a you know tackle run, corner run, etc. Uh, then you probably can get him, you know, fourth round, something like that. Yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how it falls. You know, edges or pass rushers, especially. Uh, are usually pretty highly coveted, so that could just boost his his value there alone. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, I'm going to throw in – oh, let's see. Who should I do? I'm going to start with on the defensive side also, but I'm going to go a little bit different direction. I'm going to go cornerback, which is uh, a position that I think the Broncos are still looking to fill in that room a little bit, and I'm going to mm-hmm. go with cornerback uh, out of South Carolina, Darius Rush. Um, played receiver in high school, went to South Carolina to play receiver, ended up making a switch. Uh, he's tall, he's long. That's kind of his biggest asset. And I think that's obviously something that you can't coach. And so I, you know, those are the things that you look for in these players, especially mid round that can be, uh, that can elevate them to kind of maybe that next level. Um, athletic, extremely fast. I think he ran what he run in the, the combine a four four three six so he's got some wheels uh vertical 35 inches broad jump 10 inch uh, 10 feet one inch um just plays with good leverage you know i think that's probably the biggest thing um it's physical and uh he has good ball skills that's one of the things when you a lot of times when you get these guys that play receiver um you know, you, they tend to have some natural ball skills. I think he's one who's physical, uh, plays pretty well off contact. Uh, maybe not the best tackling uh, <laughs> cornerback in this class. Uh, that's probably somewhere where he he will have to improve. Um, but I think he's a guy that could have an impact year one in the right spot. Maybe at you know, you know, CB four or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I see him as a little bit more of a project probably someone that 
um, in a pinch you could start, but you'd rather have some time to develop a little bit and just kind of hone those skills in. Um, yeah, I think he is someone that I like, you know, his, his intangibles are kind of the things that I've bought into. Um, and I think, you know, I, I tend to like man coverage cornerbacks a lot. He doesn't really fit that. He's more uh, of his own coverage guy, but, um, but, you know, for, for his, uh, physical gifts, uh, and obviously athleticism, uh, he's someone I would take a, a chance on for sure. Yeah, I really like Rush personally. Uh, for me, uh, I think his RAS score was in you know nine point, uh, you know above nine point five. So obviously yeah, yeah. he has those skills. Um, he has the natural gifts, uh, and and I believe you know he can take on the coaching. Honestly, um, that's the the big thing for me. Um, you know, yeah. it's not, and Doc's putting in here real quick nine point eight one. That that's fantastic. Honestly, that's that's um, crazy. Yeah. And, you know, I look at him and his teammate, uh, Cam Smith, who's probably going to be a first round guy, you know, second, second round at the latest, really. Um, I think these guys did a good job and it's now time to have him further develop outside of South Carolina. And uh, yeah. I, I think that the Broncos would be very happy to, to develop him. And like you said, in a pinch, you need to put him in and you still have Quan Williams in your slot kind of area. You still have uh, Sertan. I think that that's still, you know, he's going to be attacked, but. You know, we've we've had to throw in guys in the fire before. Ojemudia, you know, his rookie year, you had to throw him in the fire. Um, so let's let's see yeah. if he can handle it. If 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 it it must be, um, and I think he can take on some coaching, and uh, we'll see where he he goes. I think he's definitely a a target of Denver Broncos, though. I think he's a three to five round pick. You know, it's it, just like, personal like taste when it comes to right. a lot of these corners, <clears throat> right? And I think you know some people value those intangible things a little more than others. So if you fall in love with the guy, you take him early. We find, we found that, especially in the later rounds of the draft, um, you know, guys get picked all over the place. So uh, it's a exciting time. I think he's someone that can fit the Broncos scheme though, and, and can develop well into kind of an outside, an outside corner. Why uh, don't I go real quickly next? Yeah, for sure. uh, I have a corner who, um, I think is a little bit outside the Broncos range, uh, but his name is Clark Phillips. Uh, the third, he is out of Utah. I think he's someone who's been visited by every single team in the league at this point now uh, at 32 uh, after today. Um, so he, he is definitely someone of, of high interest for every team. Uh, and if he falls to the third round somehow, because again, it's like we were saying, it's a pick, you know, pick your top, your, your cup of tea kind of cornerback, uh, draft class, uh, maybe the For Broncos sure. can, you know, move up if they really value him. Um, and, and again, he's more of a, a small guy. He's five nine. He's he's a little underweight, obviously, as well. Uh, but I think at the right program, you can get him going, and and hopefully uh, with the the new weight crew, you know, you can get him uh, stronger. But he really can attack the ball at its highest point, and that's the key thing. He has these long arms as well. And, and, you know, it doesn't matter my your, your height to me as long as you can attack the ball at the highest point. If you're, you know, covering guys in the Pac-12, he's, you know, went after Drake London. He's gone after a bunch of different guys out of USC that are tall, strong guys. I, I really like him for that uh, for, for that reason. Well, he's little. Yeah, uh, he's, he's tiny. He's 5'9". Yeah. I mean, he, he really is 5'9 and, and skinny, skinny. 
Yeah. So you got to hope that he's he puts on, but he uh, he has showed well, plays bigger than his size. There's some good matchups against uh, Drake London, I think. Um, USC matchups back a couple of years ago. So someone that has put on good tape. Um, not uh, not a overwhelming athlete for his size, but someone that uh, that has shown good tape. Yeah, who was that uh, that undersized running back that everyone loved last year in the draft? I can't think of who it was. You remember, we had the Broncos oh. targeting them. Uh, do you remember? I I, I I I remember us having a guy that we everyone was targeting, but I, I, the I can't remember somebody. who it is. Oh man, I'll have to look into it. But yeah. uh, it's funny, guys like that that put on good tape. They're they're generally pretty. Um, I mean, they they transition decently well, even if they're a little undersized. You know, they may not be your your dominant corner corners, but I think a lot of times those guys uh, fight just just as hard, if not harder, than some of the other guys that are a little more skilled. So um, that doesn't worry me too much. You know, I, I think I probably, if I was going to draft a guy, I probably would look at someone taller uh, as kind of my benchmark. But you know, guys guys don't have to fit the mold to be good players. So. Um, I'll be interested to see if he he slides at all just because of his his height. Um, hopefully not though. I mean, hopefully he, he gets picked, you know, where he deserves to be picked, not not based on you know things he has no control over. But we'll see. All right. Uh, well, I'm gonna ready, jump in. Ready, yeah, because I was defense back. Was it Jerry and Eli? Uh, Ole Miss running back. No. Because got Tyler Batty, who is also a small. Or running back. Anyway, well, you can chew on it a little bit. No, no, I'll, we'll I'll look. I'll look. So yeah, don't do look at me. Wouldn't be Max Borgie because Broncos had him and didn't take him. Anyway, oh, your guy was a CJ Burdell. That was your boy. He's little. Anyway, uh, moving on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, moving on. So my my next defensive back is uh, Carrington Valentine. Uh, defensive back out of Kentucky, six foot, one ninety four. The good bad part about him is competitiveness and aggression. So he is someone that ain't he ain't scored. Um, pretty good athlete. I think his Raz is like a nine three. Um, someone that's probably going to be in round four because of some sloppy footwork, consistency, etc. Over aggressiveness. In my opinion: you'd rather have someone over aggressive than under aggressive. Uh, probably someone in the fourth to fifth round. Help on special teams early. He's someone that ain't, ain't scared to mix it up. So kickoff coverage, punt coverage. I think he's a player that could really contribute here one on special teams. Next in his corner, four or five, you know, first year, really working on technique and start pushing for more playing time and then potentially be a starter level contributor by year three, year four. Um, so uh, he's he's someone that I, I like, really, I think needs a little bit more time to marinate. But when you're aiming for mid to, you know, the mid round to to late day three, um, that's someone that you're looking for. So uh, I like him. I, I think he had some some good tape against some tough talent with uh, Tennessee, Ole Miss, Georgia, I think. Um, had some, some misses for sure, but definitely someone that uh, I, I think has – a lot of flexibility to be able to play inside outside. Yeah, I have to love that size though. Uh, six foot, you, as you said. Uh, I, I forget his weight, but um, when you get up there into, I think you said over two hundred pounds. 
that's where, you know, you know, a guy who, who is physical, strong, can handle those bigger receivers on the outside. And like you said, if he has the versatility to go on the inside, that's just all the better, especially with, uh, you know, again, we know the same Bassey and Quan Williams are in the final year of the deal. JT, you ready for your next guy, my man? So I was talking me to and I was on mute. I just realized. Uh, Jones, um, teed you up, up nicely. It was uh, Marcus Jones, by the way. Out of, out of oh, that's who you're. Yeah, we all did want him. I did want him in the second. He was someone who. Oh, bring yeah, up good. I remember memories. people okay specifically about him too. Yeah, uh, I think I think. Uh, Where did he end up going? Did you, did you have that up there? No, I don't. I'm interested. I'll in look it up right now. Yeah, it up while it you up. go with your guy. I'll do my next guy. Uh, I'm gonna switch sides of the ball for now. Make y'all jump around a little bit. I'm going with position that I think is still a need, but maybe not a big need for the Broncos at this time. Uh, I'm going tight end Zach Kuntz out of Old Dominion. Uh, first thing that pops about Kuntz is that he is six foot seven, uh, two hundred fifty five pounds. He's big. Big dude, arm length 34 inches, hand size 10 and a quarter inches. Um, he's super athletic for his size. Uh, ran a 455 uh, 40-yard dash, had a vertical of 40 inches. Um, is pretty da- darn explosive. And he does, he just does a little bit of everything well. I'd say he probably needs to work on uh, his blocking. I think he he struggles. I think a lot of times guys that are big and aren't coached particularly well uh, don't tend to get very good leverage when blocking. You know, they, they let guys get underneath them. I think he definitely has to work on that, kind of adjusting his pad level. Um, you know, he's not great run after the catch at this point in his career, but I think he has potential to be. Uh, but basically, you know, athleticism, his length, uh, he has good ball skills. He's got great hands. Um, the catch radius for a guy like that who's 6'7 and has a 40-inch vert is pretty incredible. So uh, I think there's just a lot of positives there. And again, I'm kind of going with some of those intangible things. But, um, you know, the things that he's, he, he um, specializes in are things that the Broncos need, which is just, you know, solid uh, route running, someone to catch ball over the middle that's going to be um, that's going to have some potential for big plays, but also is just going to be uh, a solid chain mover. And I think he's got a guy that would be interested to see if the Broncos can develop and use. We haven't had a tight end really be successful in an offensive scheme for the Broncos. And I, I don't know how long, you know, so it'll be interesting to see if they can kind of get some, some talent at that position. And uh, I think adding Koontz would be able to, to uh, fill out that room nicely. Mm. 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 Just so so. Mm. No, I uh, I like it. I think it's a, I think it's a solid solid fit. Just watching your face in, I think it was twenty twenty. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the in that matchup. Uh, gave me enough. I I, I think because you yeah. and I are both targeting some kind of mid to late tier running backs, mm-hmm. show the capability to do a lot. You're not going to get someone that is extremely polished or 
et cetera, when it comes to where the, where the Broncos are picking what they're looking and they probably don't need it. So, um, yeah, I like, I like it. He, he, um, he's got a fourth round value on him, according to what am I looking at here? The draft network. Uh, that's probably about right. And I think, you know, uh, I like they do pro- sometimes they do prospect comparisons. They had Mike Gusecki yeah. as a as a comparison, which is you know comparisons are always very hit or miss. But I think that that's probably a pretty apt one. Uh, you know, if you can get a guy with with ball skills like Gusecki yeah. at that size, I mean, I think you take a flyer on him. You know, yeah. you, especially if it's only a fourth rounder. Yeah, I mean, it's a plus plus athlete, plus plus athlete. Yeah. So if uh, and Sean Payton, if you're the Broncos, loves athletic tight ends so he doesn't he doesn't really just go get the one-dimensional guys you know he gets guys that can do a lot he jimmy grams and shockies etc so um he has some room to grow but uh, if you're gonna grow you aim at athletic prowessness so i like it i like it john what do you got next g yeah, let's go with, uh, you know, keep on the offensive side a little bit um, and go with Ricky uh, Stormberg out of the center out of uh, Arkansas. I think if the Broncos are unable to get a center, let's say in the third round, one of the top tier guys that maybe uh, the Broncos may be targeted. I think that Ricky kind of also fits the mold and uh, would be someone you can get in the fourth, maybe even fifth round. Uh, you know, it just, again, depends with a, a big class of centers um, that can also swing to guard. It depends where, you know, what teams want to do with these guys. And uh, you could see a very fast, uh, uh, you know, run on them. But at the same time, you could see some guys fall. So uh, I think with uh, Ricky Stormberg, I think he's a little bit top heavy. So sometimes he can have some leverage issues where he, he kind of falls forward. He's leaning forward too much. I think that can be fixed with technique and just some coaching. I think he's a, a strong run guy, uh, really has a solid anchor in the passing game. You know, uh, someone who in the SEC held his own. And I think that's one of the key things. He really held his own, was one of the, you know, led the Arkansas Razorbacks into a really good running game team. Uh, that really was one of their big strengths uh, last year. And I think that's something that the Broncos have to be uh, happy about for someone who can get to the second level, someone who is a little bit more uh, able to attack uh, a little bit more. But again, you know, when he gets going, hopefully, you know, if he misses, he's probably going to take a stumble down. So he's someone who I really like as someone to develop um, and I think can push someone like Cushenberry immediately. Um, so that's, that's one reason why I also like him. I, I feel like if, if you like Cushionberry, but you want to push him and, and you don't have a guy that you really want to start immediately, I think this is one way to go. Yeah, that was going to be my question was like, do you think he could push right away? And it sounds like that's a yes. So I think, you know, I, I, I believe that it's a position that the Broncos are going to take in the draft. I think that they need to. Yeah. Um, I don't have a lot of faith in Cushionberry. <laughs> I don't think any no. of us. Really None do of us do. And I, and I think it's an easy upgrade spot. Um, obviously you go through growing pains with a young guy, but um, I would definitely be more inclined to take a guy like Stromberg just to, to, to push for that, uh, that starting job. You know, I think centers are funny as far as how their, their value is evaluated in the draft. So it'll be fun to kind of see where that shakes out. But if, if you can get them, you know, day three, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's where he is. And I'd grab him. Yeah, that's where I'd grab him. Uh, why don't we 
Doc, why don't you do one more? We'll come back on the other side, and then we'll have John wrap up because he's going to leave us a little prematurely today due to some uh, scheduling stuff. So, Doc, give us one more. We'll jump on the other side and finish up John. Uh, I'm going to stay with the offensive line theme. Uh, Wayna Morris, former five-star recruit at the University of Oklahoma. Uh, big dude, 6'5", about 307, arm length 35 and one-eighth inches. So uh, long arms, which I've heard works well in the foosball, Bobby. Uh, hand size is about 10 and a quarter. So, again, some big mitts. Uh, developmental offensive tackle, in my opinion, probably a fourth to fifth round selection, even though he has all the talent in the world, really inconsistent. Um, however, a guy that has a ton of functional strength, versatile, can play right side, left side, uh, physical upside, underachiever. So that to me will drop him. I kind of dig the underachiever. And then if you meet with them and they have some, um, you know, they have some positive aptitude or you get some good good knowledge from the coaches that they will work hard they just maybe couldn't figure it out or a late bloomer you know if you can if you can get a guy like that to spark in the mid to late rounds with some good nfl coaching i think you uh i think you take a swing at it and someone that i, I really like for i think in general but the broncos a good good ras score 8.35 so not awful um pretty good so it, it's a guy i think that you can bring in let him develop for a year. Maybe he's ready to take that left, left tackle job next year. Uh, assuming that uh, Gary Bowles isn't brought back. Maybe he's not, and he's just a, a good swing tackle or someone that you can continue to um, to have on the roster that's cheap, good depth, or hopefully good depth that you're working on. Yeah. So either way, maybe get someone in the fifth and you know fourth or fifth round. You're not really aiming for them to be a 10-year starter. So if you get someone with starter upside at, at day three, I think that that's a, a value that you swing at. Yeah, I think so too. And I think, uh, you know, like you said, plus athlete, a lot of really nice traits. Uh, I think that's someone you could easily take a chance on in the in the late rounds. Uh, let's take a break here, and then we'll jump back on, on the other side. So stay with us, and we will be right back. Oh, it's Monday. The Nuggets won last night. And uh, I think we should celebrate with beer time. It's beer time, everyone, and uh, that means we get to try some new brews, and I'm excited to try this new one. Uh, Doc and I have once again aligned in the, in this one, another Firestone beer, uh, Mind Haze Tiki Smash IPA. Uh, always a fan of the IPAs, so I'm I'm excited. Big thanks, homie. Yeah, uh, Firestone. We we've tried a few. I think one we had a big W, and one had an mm -hmm. L. So I think we've we've got to find something that's going to break the tie at this point. Yep. Uh, Six point two ABV, brewed with coconut. I know. I saw. It's Interesting. I know. Are you, are you a coconut person? You know, it's it's dependent. Okay. I like. I don't like. You can't put too much in. Sure. Uh, but I'll eat some, like, uh, one of my favorite cookies is the, 
is yeah. the Girl Scout coconut ones. The Samoas. Yeah, those are delicious. So it's like, you know, if it's with something that's appropriate, yeah, I'll smash. Yeah. Sometimes some people are weird with texture and stuff. Yeah. You know, but the yeah, flavor. I mean, I'm, weird, I'm weird with other textures, but I think yeah. it tastes good. People will be tripping sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it's, I, I'd rather have that like actual coconut flavor than like the, the fake coconut flavor. You yeah. Faux, faux is, uh, it's faux show bad. It's faux, faux yeah. show bad. It's probably not going to be very good in beer either. So I'm hoping that they used actual coconut. I don't see the where it says. It just says brewed with coconut. Um, I'm guessing it has to be actual coconut, not just like artificial, right? It helped. Mm -hmm. uh, regardless, we're going to try this, baby. You ready to pop it open? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Ready for the pop in three, two, one. Snappy. Always crisp. Okay, I'm not oh, smelling smell it. Oh, can you? I don't smell yeah. it right away. Mm, maybe a tiny yeah. bit. Maybe my pop was better than yours, and so I got to maybe. like a moment burst. Maybe. I have mine Oof. at room temp <laughs> also. So oh, yeah, that's my difference. So we're probably different, getting different <laughs> profiles here. Yeah, probably. You know? I'm getting like mostly beer. coconut. There's not like a I, now I have an actual beer fridge, yeah. Um, because the people in the basement moved out and left its fridge, yeah. So now it's for beer. Now nice. I don't have to have room temperature beer anymore, and I'm excited about that. All right, cheers. You ready? Yeah, let's hit it. Cheers. cheers. Oh, that's weird. That's odd. I feel like almost like it's the wrong beer for that flavor profile. Yep. Like if I had put that flavor profile in like a stout or a porter, it'd probably be really delicious. Yeah. But to have it in an IPA is kind of weird. Yeah, for sure. Do you agree? Yeah. You don't look impressed. No. <laughs> it, it, it reminds me of um, like, I don't know if you've had, if you've had Yeti. It's a real dark stout from Great Divide. Mm -hmm. There's almost like some little profiles. There was a, they had like a, um, uh, like a pack of, of Yetis that were just different flavored. Like they were Yeti, but mm -hmm. they were all different. Kind of, and I think they had a coconutty one. It reminded me of that a little bit. Flavor profile. The coconut is, I mean, if they wanted coconut in there, it definitely is in there. So yep. they got that part right, at least. <laughs> they did. But uh, with the IPA, it's weird. Like the bitter and the sweet together, it seems like it wouldn't be that odd. But whatever this pairing is, is a little is a little strange. Yeah. No, no, no further commentary. No, it just oh <laughs> uh, fell a little flat. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of coconut. I told it you, it's like it's got to be an it's got to be a, a little bit. Um. Not too much. I don't know anyone that's like. Do you know anyone that's like a huge coconut fan? Like no, huge? I don't think like anyone is ever like that's my first choice if I'm right. gonna go. With, uh, so uh, that's that's why I think other... it's just it's too much flavor. <laughs> so there's yeah. not really like coconut ice cream, you know, like because it's not like by itself it's not overly yeah. fantastic. However, I would say I will give them props for. 
for I mean, they, it's coconut. You, yeah, they gave you what they said they were going to give you. So. Yeah, they didn't play. They said, you we know what, talking about we're going to give the we people coconut. They gave us coconut. A lot of it. A lot of it. Um, okay, well, I'm going to guess it's an L for you. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's a little L for me too. It's yeah. just, it is a lot. It's a lot of flavor and it's, it just is a weird marriage of, of flavors. Um, <clears throat> conceptually, I like it, but I definitely want that pro flavor profile in a different style of beer. Yep. You know, it just feels way out of place here. Like almost like if it was like a, you know, like the vanilla porter for Breck is sweet and it has a lot of like, you know, almost like a syrupy sweetness to it, which some people like, some people don't. But I think it kind of is in that like syrupy sweet range that you got to be in the mood for for sure. All right, well they can't all be winners. They all can, you know. Like again, hey, props for you know sometimes you go take a swing, and they did, and that's good for them. Good for them. It doesn't mean they have bad products. In fact, we had a really no. I mean, it hit. It hit. Sometimes you know, not everything. Is everything for everybody. So if you yeah. like coconut, you want 6.2 ABV to the face. Yeah. I'll get that, you uh, the Tiki Smash IPA Mind Haze. Um, if you aren't a coconut fan, you should not drink it. For sure. Well, you heard it here, folks. It L's for us, but maybe a W for you. Try it sometime. You mm. might Tell us what you think. It. Tell us what you think. Tell me or why I'm us... wrong. I'm that guy. Yeah, or... Tell me why I'm yeah. yeah, give us suggestions too. Or if you had good coconut beers, no offense, but good coconut beers, I want to try those too. So uh, reach out, let us know. Uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to talk more, uh, com not combine, draft prospects. We could, I mean, we, you could bring up the combine. We could talk about the combine. It'll, it'll be in there probably. So uh, no hang here. Yeah. <laughs> hang here and we'll be right back. And we're back. John, hit us with your last two because we know you got to depart, but we wanted to make sure we got all of your guys in. So yeah, we want to know who your last guys are. Um, I'll go quick with uh, Jack Coletto. I've been pushing him since he played Colorado, honestly. Uh, yeah. Last year, he had a very good game. Uh, saw him all over the field. Uh, he's He's just a special guy. I think he fits Sean Payton's build of a guy who can – play quarterback can play tight end can play, you know, fullback halfback. And, you know, again, a lot of special teams. And if you want to try him at inside linebacker, he can do that too. Um, so that's one guy who I, I really value as some, someone to develop as well. Uh, my other guy is someone who I feel is going to go later in the rounds, six, seven, uh, it's Charlie Thomas. He's a, uh, 
inside linebacker out of Georgia Tech. Uh, not really the most physically gifted guy. He had a good RAS score, but you know, uh, the, the big thing with him, I think, is he's more of a Josie Jewell kind of player in the sense that he's a two-down guy. He's not going to be in there for coverage. Uh, that's where he, he would be a liability, but at the same time, he has the special teams ability. Um, so I think that's someone you target later if you want to bring in an inside linebacker um, and, and just have someone develop behind some of these other guys, you know, over, you know, your Sternods and, and players like that. Do you, uh, I want to go back to Coletta real quick. Do you think he could be like a Taysom Hill type? I do. I think uh, he, he can very well do that for the Broncos and, and what uh, Sean Payton wants. Um, and again, it's just up to him where he wants to put the guy essentially uh, he could, he could very easily be, you know, used as a, you know, halfback where you toss him the ball and he has an option to pass or run, you know, he's doing the RPOs yeah, yeah. and, you know, so get creative essentially with him. I, I, I have no problems wherever you would decide to put him with any team. If you decide to put him uh, wherever you f- see best, I think he can exceed that. Well, that's pretty cool. That's a, you don't see a ton of guys. I mean, I think every year there's one or two guys like that, but uh, I think Troy Anderson last year out of Montana kind of fit that role, but yeah, Coletto yeah. has a little bit more, uh, you know, a little bit more going on for him uh, in terms of versatility. But uh, Anderson played fantastic last year, so you know, can't complain about him for sure. Well, John, uh, thanks for coming on today, making time for us. Sorry, you got to jump off early. Uh, hopefully, you catch our our. Our guys later when you get to do the the edit. <laughs> I will see you guys later, and as always, go Broncos. Yeah, thanks, thanks, man. All right, we're gonna keep rolling. Uh, you went last, so I'll go now. Let's do. I'm gonna go with an offensive tackle as well, since we're staying offensive uh, side of the ball. Well, John switched it up a little bit, but I'm going back to offensive line. Uh, a dude that probably not many people know named McClendon Curtis uh, out of Chattanooga. Uh, played offensive guard for uh, at least his first year with Chattanooga and moved to tackle, which seemed to be the better fit. He had a really uh, good a year at offensive tackle. Um He's 6'6", 325, 35-inch arms. Uh, So he seemed a little maybe miscast at guard, though. He has experience playing guard, so he has maybe some potential to to go inside if you need uh, some depth there. Um, But I think he projects as as an offensive tackle. He's going to be raw. He's not a guy that, uh, you know, was highly sought after. Um, He's got the physical tools, but he definitely – you know, requires some some coaching and some experience at the next level. And I think uh, the Broncos hopefully would be able to develop someone like him. Um, he's strong. He's powerful. Those are definitely his, his biggest assets is his strength. You know, he's going to be able to overpower guys. If he gets his hands on them. You know, he's he's got the ability to put them on, on the ground. Um, but, you know, he's got to work on fluidity, some footwork. Uh, and kind of his quickness in, in uh, past setting. Um, and, you know, we'll see how how athletic he is if you get him out there. But, um, you know, there's some concern about his ability to get to the next level. 
I think you're really looking at just kind of his physical power, his uh, size and length, and kind of his positional versatility. Um, but there's a lot to lot to coach up. But someone that I think you could probably get uh, in the sixth, seventh round. You know, those are the kind of guys you want to take chances on. I think small school okay. guys. Um, he's got a prospect comparison to DJ Fluker, so there's it's interesting uh, to kind of see, which makes uh-huh. sense. I mean, that, talk about a powerful offensive lineman. Um, so he's also any... available. He had a yeah. really nice workout, looks really in shape. So, yeah, just saying. So, uh, if you don't want to go uh, grab DJ uh-huh. Fluker, maybe you grab his uh, DJ Fluker Light. Yeah, at least look your light and see uh look your light and see how you can do in developing them. But I think he's definitely someone worth especially in the seventh yep. round, uh, or undrafted if he ends up falling, you know, out of the out of the draft. Uh I bring that guy in, in a heartbeat just because of the physical tools and, and if you feel like you can develop offensive talent, then uh he's someone that I would take a swing at. Yeah. I like that. I like yeah. that. Who you got next? Next up, next but not least, my man Michael Wilson, who I know that you like because we I had to bargain to get him back into my yeah. guess. <laughs> um, Stanford wide receiver, consensus four star uh, recruit. So, uh, you know, top, I think he was top 30 or 40 at the position coming out. Uh, yeah. So, someone for Something that was really good. Two sport athlete, basketball, football, which I think as a receiver really helps out your ability to, uh, as the kids yeah. say, go up and get it. Um, so high height, size, speed ratio. So six two two thirteen. Ran a four five uh, vert, almost uh, at thirty seven and a half. Big broad jump at ten and a half. Uh, short shuttle, not too shabby. Um, so I, I like him. I think it's a, someone that's played in NFL style offenses, um, hasn't really gotten a ton of work because they don't throw the ball very much in, mm-hmm. <laughs> at Stanford, uh, but someone that has shown the ability to uh, wall off DBs with that basketball background, which I really dig. It was kind of Michael Thomas-ish yeah. uh, with a good RAS score, so 9.55. So some of the, um, some of the other aspects are there and someone that can block. So in Stanford, at Stanford, you uh, in Stanford, it's not Stanford, California. Uh, at Stanford, <laughs> you got to be able to block, man. You don't get to play sure. uh, if you aren't willing to get your nose dirty. So a guy I think that can come in, be wide receiver, four, five, six, has some physical upside, probably can play special teams, uh, and some that might surprise you. You know, might earn uh, more PT than you think. He's also someone that if you aren't sold or this year doesn't, look like either Cortland or Tim are in the long-term plans. He's someone that I think can give you some of the same skill set um, as those two guys. Uh, yeah, I mean, he reminds me a little bit of Jerry Judy. Uh, I think he probably is one of his better skills is his ability to, to create separation with yep. his route running. Yeah, so, he's, he's pretty yeah. crisp, which makes you sad for, for that offense, like what they could have done. I think that they... Yeah. Um, you know, the, the David Shaw and this, you know, is good, good coach, but uh, really archaic use of, yeah. uh, of that, of that talent pool. So I agree. He was able to separate wall off guys. I, I didn't, I don't know if, if I, maybe if I need to see the right games for the Jerry Judy-ness, but I think that the separation for sure 
I agree with I that. Just, yeah. 100%. I just mean yeah. the route running his ability to yeah. create Yeah, it was it was clean. Yeah, created separation. I think uh I like that. Yep, yeah, I didn't mention that before. Some I really like. So Yeah, I think the biggest thing is the injuries with him. Uh but I mean I think again you're you're picking on day three. I think there's gonna be a Yeah, there's guys, guys with like day two concerns. talent, right? But the reason why they're day three is yep. they can't stay on the field and when you're the Broncos, that's you know, if you're trying to get someone that you think can be upside moving forward, that's what you got to get. Could be a little bit of the perfect uh, scenario for him, though. You know, not not an offensive school. You know, not a not a lot of opportunity to show his skills, mm-hmm. uh, but definitely enough to to see that he has talent. And then having less reps, even because of injuries, you know, it might be the perfect sleeper. You know, someone who's got that uh day two skill that uh just hasn't been able to show enough on tape uh i i like it you know obviously Mm -hmm. we we both we were both in on this one so yeah uh i would be pretty excited with with the pick honestly i uh, again it's not a position of need per se uh but it could be really soon so you know build up the uh that depth and i think that's this draft is a depth draft you know, at the end of the day, it just mm-hmm. is, you know, there's, there's a, uh, the, the range of the Broncos are picking, you know, you really got to project them, you know, you, you want to project them as high as you can um, as far as their um, contribution to the team. But I think you're really, you're looking at guys that are going to be rotational guys that are going to fill holes that you feel good. And that if someone goes down that you can plug in is going to play the scheme is going to do yep. their job. You know, yep. and I think all the guys that we've mentioned are guys that we feel strongly can do that and then have upside on top of that. So, um, yeah, definitely would be on board with that. Uh, I'm going to jump to, let's see. I'll save my 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 college crush for uh, my last one. So we'll do another guy that I kind of have a, a, a college crush on. I don't even know how to say his name. Velami Fahoko. And if I murdered that, I'm sorry. He's an edge. He played for San Jose Jose State. Uh, I learned that Fahoko is the second cousin of uh, Vita Vea. He's a defensive tackle for the Buccaneers. So there's some some athleticism in his blood. Played rugby, which is pretty cool. Those guys are pretty pretty tough. Uh, I think the biggest thing with Fahoko uh, is that he, he's got a really great motor. He's one of those guys that uh, continues. He doesn't stop. He doesn't quit on any play. Uh, and he makes offensive linemen's lives hell, uh, which is what you love for an edge. You know, he, he's always game. He's going to get in there. He's going to, whether it's uh, an effective pass rush move or not, he's going to keep trying. He's not going to let the offensive line rest. Uh, just love that relentlessness. You know, that's something that I value in uh, defensive players, especially. Uh, he's strong, physical, uh, especially at point of attack. He's uh, he's got the ability to anchor. He can shed blocks on the edge, um, and I think he's he's a he's a heady dude. You know, he he's not necessarily the most instinctual, but he seems to know. Uh, you know, situationally, I think he's mm-hmm. he's really uh, savvy. He's smart, um, and he he doesn't 
you know, he, he doesn't get put on his back very often. He's usually on his feet and creating havoc, which I think is just uh, really useful. Um, he's got some some counters, some good some good hands, uh, and he doesn't get out of position too often, you know. And I think those are all really positive things. Uh, he's not super athletic as far as explosiveness. explosiveness. Um, I think you kind of get one note if you kind of watch him in the mm-hmm. pass rush, which is a little can be a little concerning. You know, yeah. I think he's definitely got to be more. He's got to refine this technique more if he wants to be effective at the next level. But he's 6'4", 276, uh, 33-inch arms. I think he's he's definitely got the tools to do it and the want to. It's just a matter of uh, figuring out ways to win at the next level um, against guys that are probably going to be better athletes than him at the end of the day. Yep. Yeah, I do like his size. So I, I think he's someone – I think he's like 275. Yeah, my dad, he's a big, he's a bigger dude. So you think maybe can he put, you know, five more pounds on him and, and learn to play with his hands in the dirt? I think he might yeah, give some yeah. flexibility there. So uh, I like it. I think it's a, I think it's it's something to ponder. Yeah, and it's again, it's a a, 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 per, a position that I am worried about coming up next season is is a the health of that group overall. Yeah. Um, and just the depth overall. And I think he's someone that is going to be reliable at the very least. If you put him in, you know he's going to do his job. He may not be a game changer uh, the same way some of the other guys might that are on the roster. But uh, I think he's always going to he's going to pursue. He's going to make plays with his his uh, relentlessness and his pursuit. Mm-hmm. So I would I'm drawn to that person. Yeah. I like it. Now you got one more or two more? I got I got one more. But I do think – did John miss one of his guys? Because if so, uh, I don't know. I love it. Did he? he did come out of Durden, Schaumburg. No, I think he got him. Okay. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, he did. Okay. Just check it. All right. Just want to make sure. My final uh, running back, Rashawn Johnson out of Texas. So, four-year contributor. Uh Obviously overshadowed uh, by Jean, by Bijan Robinson, especially the last three years. Is good size, power, contact balance, which I think is probably the most important thing for yeah. a running back. His pad level is a little inconsistent and not overly agile left and right. Um, it's interesting. The draft network, his prospect comparison is Latavius Murray. Oh, we know, uh, we know as a guy that, uh, that Sean Payton loves. So it's a taller back, but has shown some ability, in my opinion, to, to catch the ball, runs through guys, which um, at six foot 219 is, uh, is a, a positive, positive trait in the NFL. Yeah. Um, you know, the draft network has him actually at six, two and two thirty or two twenty five. So depending on, you know, depending on, uh, on what you got him at, he's a, a guy that's going to range anywhere from, you know, two twenty to two thirty. So big dude. It's gonna run yeah. three. You better bring your lunch pail. Yeah, he's he's got good good speed overall too. You know, I don't mm-hmm. know that he's the fastest guy, but I think he definitely if you get him in space, is gonna be able to make a big play. Um and he can make guys miss at that height. You know, you, you wonder about their 
you know, fluidity and their ability to flip their hips a little bit. But mm-hmm. uh, he hasn't shown too much issue with that. I just think balance is such a big thing. Like you said, contact balance is huge. And um, I just, I love, I love the physical traits. I would take a flyer on him any day just, just to see what it, what you can get out of him, especially if you can get him in the fourth. I don't know if he'll fall that far. Um, but if you can get him in a fourth, I would, I would take him in a heartbeat. Yep. Yep. Me too. I think he's, he's someone that I would be really interested in and I'd be shocked just based on Sean Payton's personnel choices over the last several years that he isn't someone that, uh, that the Broncos would look at. Yeah. Yeah. I hope they do. I hope they do. I'm going to finish with my, like I said, my, uh, my draft crush. And it's funny, I don't usually, you know, usually you have a draft crush that's like a high-end guy. Yeah. You know, someone that you're like, oh, I really wish my team could get this guy. This guy that I have a draft crush on is uh, undrafted, probably. Um, A lot of things go into that. Uh, Had a major ACL injury in 2020 um, and and lots of lower body uh, injury history in general. Um, And he'll, uh, he'll be... 25 in September. So he's older. Um, you know, especially with guys that play the running back position, they kind of have a short shelf life anyways. Um, so he's probably not someone that's going to be uh, highly sought after. But it's uh, Mohamed Ibrahim running back out of Minnesota. Um, I will say that my introduction to Mohamed Ibrahim was in 2020. And uh, it was the first game of the season against uh, Minnesota versus Ohio State. And this running back, I don't, I'm going to look up his stats for that game, but he, he's tore his ACL in that game. But before he did, he completely dominated the game. And he was someone that showed explosiveness. I think that, you know, his lower body injuries probably pampered that a little bit. Um, but his physical, his pat, he runs with, with great physicality. Uh, Contact balance, again, is great. He's one of those guys that's going to get low. He's going to create leverage. Uh, and he's going to be able to stay on the sweep after contact. Uh, really good vision. You know, I think he can he can uh, find gaps. He can find the holes. He's got the ability to make something out of nothing uh, just with his ability to find the smallest uh, opportunities. And uh, if you need a short yardage guy, He's it. You know, he's going to go. He's going to get get out there. He runs a little bit like uh, – I was trying to think of comps. Mm-hmm. And I'm having a hard time. The only person that I could kind of think of, minus the burst, <clears throat> is Marion Barber. Um, just that kind of relentlessness and short, short yardage, that ability to create contact and keep going. He's not as explosive as, as Marion Barber was. Um, <clears throat> but as far as like – physicality i think he's someone that i really enjoyed watching and think has a potential future in the in the nfl um i'm surprised that draft network has him with a fifth round grade i -hmm. think he's someone who get drafted you know and i'd be okay with the broncos using a, a day three pick on him i'd probably rather be a sixth or seventh round but Um, as a complimentary back, if you're not going to bring back, they haven't brought back Maria um, as we suspect that they might. 
You know, he's a guy that can kind of fit that role. Um, I don't know how he is with catching the ball, though. I'd have to look into that a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's someone that I, I enjoy personally and averaged over five yards of carry in college. So, oh, in 2022, I should say. Yeah. Yeah, some injuries, obviously. But um, he's a, he was a baller. He was a baller. You think if he have rebounded to get the thumbs up from your, you know, from your doctors. I think that uh, it's someone, like you said, a good complimentary back, hard nosed, hard nosed kid who I think in the, you know, Sean Payton, especially for the Broncos, likes, uh, you know, the, um, the Ingrams and the Latavius Murrays. Yeah, that's true. there's a value for uh, players that will put their nose in and handle their business. And he, he ain't scared of contact, bro. He ain't scared of contact. No, definitely not. Definitely not. He's and a he's a little guy. smaller, which I like, uh, you know, and I don't know yeah, I yeah. Look up like his fumbling rate or anything like that. I, I don't <clears> think <throat> I remember him having um, fumbling issues, but he's a guy that's hard to see behind the line. And right yeah, now yeah. the makeup of the Broncos offensive line is fairly large. And so He's, he's a cat that's going to get lost back there a little bit. And then if he sneaks up on you and you're not ready as a linebacker or a safety fill in the, fill in the hole, uh, you're about to catch, you're about to catch yeah. something I don't like. Yeah, you'll get, uh, you'll get leveled for sure. Um, I'm going to look up. I'm trying to look up his stats for that game because it was just – it was brutal. And the injury was rough. You know, it, yeah. was, it was not a – it was not a – it looked bad. And it was bad. Um, so he'll have to come back from that. Any uh, any honorable mentions since we're uh, at the end of our pod? Yes, actually. I got a couple because I did not do interior offensive linemen because I felt like most of the guys we would want are fairly earlier. But Braden Daniels uh, is a guard prospect out of Utah. However, I think he did play tackle quite a bit at yeah, Utah, yeah. uh, 6'3", 294, Raz of like 9.56. So someone that I think has the athletic capability to be able to play outside, and so does Nick Broker uh, for Ole Miss, was their starting left tackle, um, 8.22 Raz, uh, really good shuttle time, um, so really good athlete, uh, offensive tackle. I don't know, like arm length, I haven't, uh, I don't recall those off the cuff, but Two guys that I think have really good positional flexibility. Uh, and then my man, Joe Titman is still, the, he's still my dude. I hope he, I hope he lands in Denver really tall for a center, uh, six, six and some change. So he's someone I like, I think he's going to be the Broncos have to target him earlier. Um, and uh, if not, there's uh, your guy, Ohio state center. Um, Luke Whipler, who I think is a, he's Whipler. also, he's a Whipler. That's terrible. I don't know. I said Whipler. It's probably the Whipler. Whipler. I'm going to go with the Whipler because it sounds cooler. Whipler. Whipler. Yeah. Yeah. Whipler. <laughs> it's white. Like white. That just not. Yeah. It's, it's, we'll find out though. Um, if he plays for like the Raiders or something, it's Whipler for sure. Uh, oh yeah. Good athlete. And I think he's a, is he a junior? So a younger, yeah. a younger kid coming out, which, you know, if you're going to take, Big guy on upside, young guy, uh, good playing. So, what about you? What do you got? Uh, I I will just say for Muhammad Ibrahim, just to just to you know confirm my draft crush. Towards ACL in the first game against Ohio State, 
2021. Uh, until he got hurt, he had 30 rushes for 163 yards and two touchdowns. So that was just in that first game. Anyways, mm-hmm. moving on. Um, uh, with JL Skinner, I still love him as one of my guys, safety out of Boise. He uh, had an injury that is probably going to not allow him to play this season, or uh, if he does get to participate, it'll be very minimally. Um, so he definitely, he's definitely going to fall. You know, he was probably the second or third uh, safety prospect in this class. And so I'll be interested to see where that ends up putting him as far as his pick. But it was, uh, I don't remember, it was a, a torn tricep or bicep, something like that. Um, I'm pretty sure. But regardless, uh, he took took some. He's going to take a hit in the the draft process. He's just a guy that plays with physicality. You know, I think is is great a run support guy who can come down and uh, create turnovers with his his uh, his uh, tackling ability and playmaking. Uh, pretty smart guy. I, I I've said before he reminds me a little bit of Kareem Jackson as far as his uh, his reactiveness, his ability to kind of read things and and be where he needs to be. Uh, he's always kind of around the ball. Um, so he's someone that I would like to see the Broncos take, even even if it's, you know, delays his his uh, development by a year or so. Um, I think you're getting a high-end prospect. Um, the other one would be my guy Bobo uh, <laughs> at UCLA, my uh, a wide receiver Jake Bobo out of UCLA. I've watched him a few different times now just because I keep coming back to him. He's fun to watch. Uh, he's big. He's a big dude. He's 6'6". Six, six, uh, or 6'4". Six, sorry, not 6'6". Six, six. Uh, 206 pounds. Um, and he's just hes a great route runner. He's got great size and strength, ball, ball skills, good body control. He's got good IQ. Um, he doesn't have top-end speed. He's not going to be a big, huge playmaker. But he's a chain mover. And I think the Broncos need more receivers like that guys that could go out there uh maybe tim patrick-esque in a way you know go out there you're gonna throw it up to him he's gonna catch it uh and you're gonna keep drives going and i think he's someone that you can probably get in the fifth uh fourth fifth round that you can take a a chance on that can bring something to this offense that they don't have necessarily Uh um so those are probably my two um honorable mentions i like it it's a fun draft class, though. It's interesting. Yeah, I, I agree. Like I think that, I think it's much deeper than than people thought, or or and especially the middle. Which, yeah, yes, if yeah. there's a year for the Broncos to kind of be loading up for the middle rounds, they got five picks with from round three to round six. So, you know, if there were time to like do that, to to err on the side of of aiming for some of that, but. This is the year to do it. And most of the guys that we looked at are going to be available in that range, and I think it's a, uh, I think it's somewhere where they can they can get some good players in there, and hopefully, you know, guys that can come and contribute. Yeah, I um, it's an interesting class to me because I feel like the high end talent is there, but I do feel like there's a drop off maybe after like mid second round where it kind of evens out a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that it'll be interesting. I'll be interested to see how 
how players are valued in this draft class specifically, just because I think mm-hmm. there are some really, like, I think there are some some uh, position groups that are pretty weak overall. So I, I wonder if that'll, um, like safeties, I don't think it's a great safety class. I don't think it's a great defensive tackle class. I wonder if you'll see guys um, be drafted earlier because of potential upside um, from those groups specifically, or mm-hmm. people just see how far they fall and, and hope to get a, a bargain pick that way. But I think it's a good, it's a good draft to maybe maneuver a little bit. And I, yep. you know, the Broncos don't have a ton of uh, assets to be able to maneuver, but you know, I think that that could change pretty quickly. You know, if they, if they wanted to move a player, if they wanted to move uh, multiple picks to move up a little bit, I think this is the, the draft to do it. And so, I am optimistic in that way. And again, like I said, my, my expectation at the, and I think most people's expectation is that this is a depth draft, you know, yep. this is filling in the gaps and uh, getting a really solid foundation for moving forward with, with Sean Payton as the coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uh he's a guy that nails that kind of mid round. John, I talked about in the last pod, he, he has a propensity as in Sean Payton, be able to pick yes. good linemen between rounds three and six. He's, he's produced some all pros in that range, some good running backs, Alvin Kamara, etc. Chauncey Gardner yeah. Johnson um, was a was a day two pick, if I recall. So yeah. I think he's done a pretty good job. And you know, George Payton has done a good job nailing the, the third round picks we've seen. So I bet that they'll move back a little bit. Maybe they'll get several my guys. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, me too. So we can look right. Whoever they get. I mean, I hope they just get people that are good. Yes. If they're my guys, that's good for me. But hopefully they're our guys and we look smart. Exactly. Exactly. That's the hope. Yeah. All right. Well, let's call it here today. Thank you, everyone, for sticking with us. And uh, make sure you reach out to us uh, at orange underscore and underscore brew on Instagram and Twitter. Hit us up. Your beer recommendations. Your questions, if you want to just chat football, uh, we're happy to jump in there and, and interact with you. Um, otherwise, be kind to one another, be safe out there, and go Broncos. Go Broncos! How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Make a difference. Relish a great work-life balance. Enjoy generous benefits and competitive pay. Go home each night feeling fulfilled by your work. Work for an employer of choice. Work for Blue Ridge Hospice. We're always looking to hire compassionate RNs, CNAs, or anyone interested in office or thrift shop work. We've been your not-for-profit community hospice since 1981. Visit our website for more information or to apply today at blueridgehospice.org. That's blueridgehospice.org. Blue Ridge Hospice is an equal opportunity employer.